Testing, testing. What's up? What's poppin'? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Doing Well, Doing Swell. I'm your host, Mallory Lovings. I am particularly extra excited. I know I say that every time, but this time I'm super excited because I have my grandpa coming on, Paul the King, the number one grandpa in this entire universe. He's coming on this episode to talk about his experience in the Navy and what all it entailed for him and why he thinks it's a good thing for everybody to experience. Paul is just one of the wisest people I know. And, you know, you just want to sit and listen to Paul because he's always right. (laughs) Anyway, my other guest that I'm having on this episode, yes, there are two, uh, is Robert Medina. He's my really good family friend, and he was also in the Navy. Now, he's younger. He's in his mid-20s. So what he has to say about the Navy is going to be slightly different than what my grandpa has to say about the Navy. But it's really cool because I asked them similar questions and they have no idea what each other has said. They won't know until they listen to this episode. So it's pretty cool to hear what each of them have to say regarding their experience and how it aligns. It's like full circle. (laughs) So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'll be talking to Paul first, and then we're going to get to Robert a little bit later in this episode. Enjoy. This is all going to be audio for your thing, though, right? Yeah, it'll all be audio, but I'll have the video if I wanted it, just in case you become famous off of this. Okay, I'm ready. Fire away. Okay, what made you want to go into the Navy to begin with? Oh, well, you know, when you're young, you hear this. Join the Navy and see the world. Well, that's basically it. Get away from where I lived, you know. Just like you, and you left left your home. You just wanted to get away from home. And it's a little berg, mainly, that's why. Yeah. Plus the adventure. It just sounded like a good adventure. An adventure, to say the least. Were you ever scared of being drafted when you were growing up, or was that ever a concern? I never got to the point where I was, I was only 17 when I went in the Navy, so I wasn't even, I guess, on the draft list. Never even thought about the draft. Oh, well, that's good. That's a worry you don't have to worry about. Was there anything that, you know, they implemented while you were in the Navy that you thought was a stupid rule or a stupid task that you had to do that now you feel like rewarded you in your life and helped you out a lot? Well, I don't know if anything seemed stupid because at that young age, there's, they were the authority and that they said, well, that's what you've done. And uh, I don't know as I've felt anything was stupid, but I think it was the, the best thing a, a young guy can do is go in the military, I think. I mean, college is great for kids, but there's a lot of kids that get out of high school who uh, they just didn't do much in doing school. They were just kind of going with the flow or sometimes going against the flow. And they teach them discipline and they give them responsibility. And, uh, and I think that's the biggest thing that a person, you know, once they get out of boot camp and get, get assigned somewhere, there's a lot of responsibility usually assigned to, to 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds. 
did you have to endure anything crazy physically, whether that was, you know, an obstacle course you had to go through or did they uh, tear gas you guys so you could <laughs> be prepared for that? Um, no, there was, there were things in the boot camp like fire training. There was a, a place that they would uh, set on fire and it produced a lot of smoke and you had to go through this area. Uh, and they showed you how to do it, you know, without any gas mask and all that. And it was smoky and dark, and you couldn't see, and you couldn't hardly breathe. But, How'd you uh, feel after that? Well, hey, you feel you done it. You know, it was great. It was yeah, I feel like my my lungs would be dying the next few days. <laughs> well, you kind of got down on your hands and knees and crawled because the lower you get, the less the smoke is there. But it was thick black smoke. I guess it was an oil fire, which that's what kind of a fire you'd probably have on a ship is the oil burning. Did you ever go underway? How long? What, what was the longest time you were out? Oh, but probably the longest time I was out, maybe three weeks. Okay. Wasn't out that long. I was, because the submarine I was on was not the latest. You know, there, at that time, they were just beginning to get the nuclear-powered submarines as well as the uh, missile, nuclear missile submarines. But I was on an older Second World War submarine that was not powered, nuclear powered. It was powered by diesel electric, uh, diesel motor charging batteries running by generator. So it was, a, I guess the longest was when I, we went to Europe, you know, we, across the Atlantic and we played games on the way. It was kind of fun, except there was one time that we, uh, we submerged and uh, you know, we dived. And uh, I guess I was in the control room and, and the depth wasn't, wasn't going down. The officer kept giving them more instructions to make it go down. Wasn't very long for the captain who was in his cabin come running out and said, where the hell are we going? because evidently somebody had shut off the depth gauge there in the control room and the depth gauge in the captain's room said we were down 400 feet. And we were only supposed to be going down to about 100 feet. Oh, dang. <laughs> Plus the fact that those old submarines weren't designed to go much deeper than that. Yeah, when you, uh, when you would go super deep, could you feel the pressure in your ears and stuff? No, because you got pressure inside there. It's like an airplane, you know, that's pressurized. Well, it's not so much pressurized that it's, but it's, uh, you know, whenever you, you're in there, there's a pressure and it's sealed when you submerge. So the pressure is not going to change inside with it being sealed. Mm. There was only one other problem with that. There, those old diesel-electric submarines, they had diesel engines. And, you know, an engine has to have air, oxygen to run. Just like your car, you know, you got your air filter and it goes in. Well, they had snorkels, what they call them, the big tube that they'd raise up while you were submerged, which just out of the water and it would suck air in there for the engines. It could run on the engines rather than the battery with a snorkel. But if a wave would come up, it had sensors on it that shut the valve. And then when they shut the valve, well, the engine's sucking air out of the submarine then. So you're sucking a vacuum. And sometimes it made your 
ears pop and your made you pucker. <laughs> Did you ever experience a sea storm? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was uh, well, I guess it was. We was on the surface, but I was always going to Europe. The, uh, the waves are coming up about 30 feet up over the bridge. Yeah, that sounds scary. I don't know if I would want to experience that. I got some video. Back in that day, I had a movie camera with film, you know. And I got some some film of that particular thing where the waves are coming up over the bridge. I'd want to see that. Well, anyway, I'd have to find it. Plus, you have a projector, and I don't even know if I... I don't think I got a projector anymore, but I, I'd have to check. I imagine those waves from what I see in the movies, and those just look daunting. Well, it's not as bad as they look. It's kind of fun. Like, you know, you're uh, <laughs> kind of like fun. Carnival, like a carnival ride. <laughs> what would you say your scariest memory from being in the Navy is? Scariest? Yeah. I don't have it. I remember having any scary time well that's good i feel like i don't know when i think about if i were to go into the navy or the military or anything i feel like there would be something where i'd be like oh my goodness this is really scary i don't know if i could get through it or oh, you're right you'd be surprised people can get through a lot of things and yeah, some of the yeah. things you know you think are difficult they're not as difficult you know they're not easy they're not insurmountable that's part yeah. of what I say, that you, you learn to be responsible and, and learn to uh, discipline, you know. Yeah, I was talking to Sammy about it because she was like, I endured things I never thought I could do. And now I'm like, I can really endure anything now. There's a lot of military, or people who go into military find that out, that there's things they can do they never thought they could do. Did what, did you have a sense of comfort when you were there? Because I know they're yeah, yeah, I did. I, did. I was I felt happy there, satisfied. And, you know, I knew I was there for a certain amount of time, and I just I took things as they come. And there was pretty, it was pretty easy duty, really, compared to some of the others. You know, the nuclear powered attack submarines they would go out for quite a while. They, they, Missile submarines would go out three months at a time, and uh, I don't think I'd want that. You know, they'd go out, submerge. They didn't come out, come back up for three months, because they go out and and patrol off the coast of Russia, and uh, that was because that was part of protecting the country in case anything happened. They're there to launch missiles. And then your uh, your sleeping arrangements and stuff like that. Uh, was it comfortable? Was it bunk beds? Well, depends on what your idea of comfort is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess have, having a bed is better than nothing. Well, back in the old days of the, of the Navy, they just had hammocks, I think. But, uh, they, they were they were mattresses about four inches thick or so. Uh, in in the crew's sleeping area, there was probably three I don't remember three or four levels of bunks. 
but I my I had one of the better sleeping places. I wasn't sleeping in there. They have some bunks in the torpedo rooms, the forward torpedo room, which was the furthest forward uh, compartment. They had they had bunks in there, and they folded down right on top of the torpedo. So I was sleeping on a bunk that's on top of a torpedo. Dang. Hey, in fact, it's better. You didn't have a another bunk six inches above you because that you know you couldn't set up in the bunks so that. Where you had the multiple ones because they were too close together, you had to kind of slide in sideways to get in and out of them. Dang, yeah, I guess that would be a benefit then of <laughs> sleeping near a torpedo. Well, they're they're not armed yet, anyway. What would you say your your favorite memory of being in the Navy is? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I've ever thought trying to think of it. Uh, well, there's no moment. It's just that one of the reasons, like you asked to begin with, uh, why I joined one of them was to, to see the, the world, you know. And we did make a trip to Europe, to nine different countries. That was uh, fun and interesting. And uh, we had some mechanical problems and we ended up putting into a French uh, Navy base there for repairs. And we were there three months, I mean, three weeks waiting for parts. So that was nice. But uh, favorite, I don't know if there's any favorite. Do you know how many countries you got to see just from being in the Navy? Well, that, that trip was nine. Uh, then there was a couple times we went to Canada. We off to Nova, went to Nova Scotia there. Went to Bermuda once. I, don't know what, what, I guess that's an American possession. I don't know. Yeah, or I don't British. Know. It used to be British. But I don't know what it is now or then. Went to Bermuda. Went to, we used to go to Halifax a couple times there in Nova Scotia. Then we went to... It wasn't a foreign country. We used to go to a few places to, for showing off, you know, the Navy. We'd go in and have open house where the locals could come and tour through the submarine. Went to Washington, D.C. one time. That was interesting. <laughs> we were tied up there and the people, you know, would come through. But I was up on deck one day while we were there this, it was on the Potomac River there. There was this boat, a nice boat, tootling around out there and come up close to the submarine. And <laughs> there was this young girl on there and said, she pointed at me and said, Daddy, I want him. <laughs> he pulled the boat up closer and started talking to me and I climbed over and they took me out and we had, took me to dinner and all that and took, brought me back afterwards. She was a young girl and I was like 18. So don't tell, don't tell me. <laughs> That's a fun story. Where was that in DC? Yeah, Washington, DC. We went to Baltimore and had a like that. I didn't have any, nobody asked for me to go to dinner, but we went to Baltimore and had the same kind of 
open house and went to uh, Annapolis, Maryland, same thing. Um, how was the transition once you got out of the Navy into the real world? Well, that's, that's interesting too. It, uh, I guess I was home about a, a week and I went over to McDonald Aircraft Company and uh, that was the precursor of Boeing, you know, and uh, put my application in there and they called the next day and said, can you come in? I don't know what it was in another week or so. And I, okay, long story short, I went to work there. And the training I had in the Navy and what I was doing and what they gave me to do in Boeing or in McDonald Aircraft seemed very minor or below what I was doing in the Navy, you know? And I was kind of disappointed. I thought, well, they just had me putting wires in here and there in an airplane. And uh, I don't know, I wasn't real happy about it. I worked down probably a month. I wasn't, I wasn't real happy about what I was, the job I was given to do. So I thought, well, uh, I went back and talked to the, the recruiter. Talk to me about re-enlisting. I was going to ask if and, you ever uh, thought about going back. Yeah, I did, and I talked to him, and uh, he said, "Well, how long have you been out?" And I uh, figured up the date, and it was a little over a month. He said, "Well, if it's over thirty days, you can come back in, but you won't go in at your same rate. You'll have to lose one rate." Like I was a second-class petty officer. When out. If I went back in, I'd be a third class petty officer. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I wasn't going to do that. So I, I didn't go back in. So what's the difference between a second class and a third class? Well, it's it's, it's just a progression. You know, you you go to boot camp, you're a seaman recruit. You get out, you're, you're a seaman apprentice. Then you can get a promotion to seaman. Then you get a promotion to third class petty officer, and then you can get a promotion to second class petty officer, and then you can get a promotion to first class petty officer, then you can chief petty officer. But I was, I, I advanced as fast as I could to second class, and actually if I had not gotten out the day I got out, I could have taken the test for the first class petty officer rate. And I'm sure if I took it, I would have passed it would have ended up being a first class because that's another reason why I, I didn't want to take a third class because actually I was almost a first class when I got out. Yeah, but if you would have went back in and they would have made you a third class, would you have been able to um, progress to a first class faster because you already had that experience or do you still have to go through the same timeline? Well, there, there's a time limit between each class. I don't remember exactly. It's something like once you be third class, I think you got to be a third class for a couple of years. Mm. And then you get a second class and you got to be that for to be eligible to even take the test. I mean, you don't automatically advance. You got to take a test to, to advance. But I was scheduled to take the test for first class the day I got out. Ah, uh, so how long in total were you in the Navy for? Four years. 
Okay. I joined, I joined January 29th, 1959. I got out, I, I think I got out before that because I may have gotten out for Christmas before actual right at four years. Mm. Actually, I, I originally went in in what they called a kiddie cruise. You could go in the Navy at 17 if your parents signed okay for you. Well, I, went, I was 17 the 29th of January. So I went in for a kiddie cruise, which is three years. Then I would turn 18 February 19th, you know, after I got in. But I wanted to go to electronics school, the electronics technician. And in order to do that, you got to have a certain amount of time left in the Navy because they didn't want to go put you in school, learn everything, then you get out, you know, immediately. Yeah. I had to extend another year in order to get electronic school. Okay. But that's one good one good thing about it. I got everything I wanted when I went to the Navy. I wanted electronic school. I got it. When I got out, I wanted a submarine school. I got it. So I wanted to, to go on a cruise overseas. I got it. Pretty happy about the whole thing. You and I have a different idea of what a cruise overseas looks like. Uh, <laughs> earlier you were saying that uh you think every person should go into the military because it teaches you responsibility and stuff like that um and that was one of my last questions was would you recommend others to join so piggybacking off of that what's some advice you would give to youth that are maybe wanting to go into the navy or the military or maybe just advice to youth in general. You mean people just out of high school or, or maybe even didn't finish high school? Yeah, just people approaching their young adult years and... Well, it depends, you know, most kids nowadays want to go to college. Uh, that's not bad, but, but there's still a lot of people go to college and they still don't have the, the responsibility or the discipline that you learn and get in the military. I think. I mean, that's not, I'm not saying that about all of them, but, but a lot of people, even, even when they get out of college, they still don't really have much discipline or responsibility. You know, present company excluded. So, so would you say your biggest advice to, you know, the kids oh. growing up is to figure out a way to, you know, handle responsibility and self-discipline? Well, you know, there's a lot of kids nowadays can't afford to go to college, and that's that to me is the best thing. Go in there and learn something, whether it's, in my case, electronics. Nowadays, it's computers and stuff. You know, if I would go in now, a computer would be the thing. You need to learn what, what's the current hot job and what's going to make you money when you get out. But, but me to learn electronics, that allowed me to work on my rest of my life to make money and support the family in that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and get a job that uh, paid relatively well for the, and, and plus get to travel and whatnot. And the, the question is, what would you do? I, I, would, I would tell them, if you can't go to college, 
you can go join the military, whether it's the Navy or the Army or the Marines. If you get go into something that you can go into, I don't recommend you go in the Army and be an infantry man where you always you march 100 miles a day and sleep in a foxhole. You know, Air Force or Navy, I think, would be the best because you get the most the best training on either one of those. In the Air Force, you're pretty well home every night. So. Yeah. But, uh, I feel like if I were to ever join, it would be the Air Force. Yeah, and they and I considered them when I joined the Navy because they had good schools then too, just like the Navy had good schools. But I'd heard the Navy had better schools, plus the idea of traveling. The Navy sounded better, you know. And I was on one submarine that didn't didn't travel at all, but I heard about this other one that was stationed there in New London that was going to go on this. It was scheduled to be a Mediterranean cruise, Mediterranean Sea, and I asked to be transferred, and I got a transfer to it. Because some people, some guys didn't want don't want to go, you know. So some guys were just wanting to get off of there, but they didn't want to go on a long trip. They were married and had kids, maybe, and didn't want to be gone for. I don't remember. We were gone for two or three months, I guess. Well, you already answered this as well, but my last question was, would you do it all again? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I often wonder if I did re-enlist how, how things would have turned out, you know? Yeah. You never know. It would have been good, I know. Would it be better the way it did or not? I don't know. If you would have re-enlisted, would, would you have had to be in there for like a minimum of four years again? Or could you have done it for like two years? No, usually you re-enlist for four years at the time. Okay. And then I also had another question because I don't know if I saw this in a movie or if somebody was just telling me about it, but did you have multiple pairs of clothes to change into or did you only have two pairs? I can't remember. It seemed like in boot camp they give you all kinds of clothes. and. I think there was at least, gee, I, I can't remember, at least two of everything. Okay. But you, had, you, had, you had dress blues, they call them, the blue uniform, and dress, which had the stripes, you know, on the collar, like in the sleeve. And then they had undress blues, which were just no fancy stripes or anything. It was just very like if you worked in an office or something, they'd wear that. Then you had dungarees. That, like in boot camp, that's all you wore with dungarees. And I don't remember if we just had two sets, but I remember in boot camp, whatever you wore one day, soon when you got back from all whatever you'd done that day, you washed what you had and put it on a line, and then you wore your other set the next day. But they were good clothes, they lasted. I like, they had some shoes in boot camp, they call them boondockers. Those things, I wore them the whole year, the whole time I was in the Navy. It was like work shoes. I wore them when I went to work at McDonnell Aircraft. I bet you I wore them for another 10 years. I mean, they were the best wearing shoes. And, and then I, Cousin Kyle, when he was in the Navy, I said, hey, Kyle, can you get me some boondockers? <laughs> He said, well, I would, but they don't make them anymore. They, 
they, they changed or something. He said, what they got, he, he had boondockers too, but at that time he said, you can't get them anymore. So darn, they were the best and they wore forever. Dang. Okay, well, those are all of my questions. Thanks for well, getting on here with me. I don't mind it at all. I liked it. As a matter of fact, uh, I hope I didn't do ramble too much. No, you didn't. You were the perfect interviewee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to be a bunch of uh, fan mail coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a whole bunch of fan mail, a whole bunch of people wondering what your Instagram is so they can follow you. Uh, you tell them I don't so I do all that crap. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell them that you stay off of the grid because you don't want all of your fans finding you. Yeah, I'm incognito. <laughs> Normally I would say follow Paul on Instagram at blah, 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 but he doesn't have an Instagram. So if you want to slide into Paul's DMs and ask him any questions, hit me up at insidemalloriesbrain at gmail.com. Let's dive into this conversation with Robert. All right, I am here with Robert Medina. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about his experience in the Navy. So the first thing I want to know, Robbie, why did you go into the Navy? Um, first of all, thank you for having me on, Mallory. This is pretty awesome. Anytime. Heck yeah. All right. So one of the reasons I joined the Navy was um, one of the main reasons was to travel. Obviously, like I heard if you join the Navy, you get to travel the world. So that was one of the experiences I wanted to experience. And honestly, one of the honest truths is um, I wasn't doing that great in high school. You know, I wasn't really that great academically. I knew I wanted to join the military at like a sophomore. So I was just kind of... You my, knew that young? Yeah, I knew that young for some reason. I just, I don't know why. I just knew I was interested in it, but I didn't know exactly what branch at the time. Do you think you were more interested in it because you didn't have any necessary, like any interest in college? Yeah, I had that. And that's one of the reasons why like... I had no interest in the school in general, and I knew like college wasn't really a foreseeable future for me because I just wouldn't find that interest in it. You know, it didn't seem that interesting. And I always, I always thought about like, you know, how like as a high schoolers they teach you, what do you want to do when you get out of high school? What college do you want to go to? What job do you want to do? Yeah. Every time they ask like, what job do you want to do? I was like, I have no idea. I don't know. I like, I don't know what my skill is, but I knew the military seemed interesting enough, and I knew I would learn a lot. Yeah. So that's kind of one of the reasons. So that's that's another reason is, is because of school. I didn't want to keep doing school. So were you scared at all? Did you have any reservations about going into the military? No, I wasn't really scared. I don't know why. I just, it was one of those, it was literally just one of those moments where you're like, oh, this is it. Like, I, I know this yeah. is it. You know, it's calling. It calls you. Like, I would, when I was searching through all the branches as a junior at this point in high school, I was looking at the military uh, websites like army.com, marines.com, air force, and they just didn't seem that interesting. And as soon as I went on navy.com, the big picture of an aircraft carrier right there smack dab on the screen, I was like, wow, <laughs> wow, that looks cool. I, I want to ride that. Yeah, I want to <laughs> be on that thing. That thing looks huge. That like To me, that seemed like that thing looks badass. That yeah. thing looks like no one wants to mess with that. It's, it's a big ass thing in the water, you know? So what did, so what did you do on this boat? Um, what was your, your, your duty? My job in the Navy? Yeah. Um, well, luckily when I finally joined the Navy, which I decided to do, I joined with the boot camp and all that. And I found out I was going to be stationed on an aircraft carrier that USS Abraham Lincoln. And I was like, no way. That's exactly what I wanted. Like, that's exactly what I wanted. So when I finally you manifested that, yeah, I straight up manifested <laughs> it straight up. 
I didn't know. I didn't even know what manifestation was at the time. But now that I practiced that, I know. I'm yeah. like, Oh, that was manifesting yeah, for real. Because sure. I was so hardcore. Like, I want this. I want this. Yeah. So it somehow happened. But once I finally got onto the aircraft carrier, I was an ABE, which stands for Aviation Boatswain's Mate, and the E stands for Equipment Side. And basically, if anybody sees pictures of an, an aircraft carrier on the flight deck, you have the guys with all the covered jerseys on the flight deck. There's like purple red green yellow and blue i think and um i was the green ones and so my job was launching and recovering jets in the flight deck of an aircraft carrier which was pretty cool it was really fun yeah i was working right there on right there i feel like the jets landing in front of you taking off in front of you it's cool i feel like that would feel like you were you know living in a movie in a way dude yeah i felt, okay. like, I was, I felt like i was in top gun man <laughs> <laughs> What was a lesson that you thought was stupid when you were in the Navy, like something they made you do and, or that you maybe were required to do and you thought was stupid, but now looking back, <laughs> you're like... That was that. almost everything they told us to do. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, what? Why do we got to do it like that? That's stupid, but we got to do it. Um, no, but um, what were some of the things that they would tell us to do? Or was there anything that was like a big lesson that you took away from being in the Navy? Yeah, safety, 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 safety. Because it's like you can get, you a lot of people get hurt left and right. Thank God I came out with all you know ten fingers and ten toes and everything, but maybe uh, lost a little bit in your brain. Maybe, but. maybe you know, maybe I'm not all there. But <laughs> um, safety, like for example, when we do like maintenance, sometimes we used to do this thing called soccer pouring, and like you're melting soccer pouring, socket pouring, socket pouring. Yeah, and you're like melting zinc at like on my eight to nine hundred degrees and i'm in there just with a shirt you know not like they don't really harp they didn't really harp like i'm wearing the proper ppe but when you're out there you just want to get the job done and you know it gets hot in there but now that i think about it i'm like thank god i never got hurt during those yeah times. seriously right? 800 900 <laughs> degrees robert and you didn't yeah. have anything but a shirt on it gets hot man dude i, I don't care it gets so hot to the point where like i had to like step outside puke and then go back and do work oh right my there. goodness yeah so bad um, and you didn't have the proper PPE. Shame on you. If I was there, I'd be yelling hey, at you. Hey, but think about because of that, I learned a lot. I harp on safety now with yeah. everything I do. Like, <laughs> everything. You had to learn the hard way, but luckily you got out of learning the hard way because oh, you yeah. came out safe. Oh, yeah. So what was it like physically? Was there a lot of physical labor? Oh, do yeah. Oh, like... and that's So being an ABE on an aircraft carrier, they used to say that we're the hardest working sailors on a carrier, and I agree. We were the laborers, so like, see, we wake up, we wake up like at five, five, six in the morning, and at seven o'clock right there, um, we start doing flight ops, and flight ops sometimes like 12, 14 hour days, you're just up there in the flight deck in the middle of the sun all day, all day, and then after that's over, you gotta do maintenance, so that could take like another four to six hours. When you're out to sea, you're basically averaging three to four hours of sleep a night, and that can be tiring after a week just one week and you're out there for like a month or so yeah so why why do you get so little sleep when you're out at sea because you got to get the because the job done so like um the jets do a lot of wear and tear on the equipment okay so and if we're flying every single day while we're out there we're going to be doing maintenance almost every single night mm. just to maintain just so our equipment's safe enough for them to land safely okay know? i got you yeah so were you flying every single day when you were out at sea? Basically, yeah. Okay. Just about. Interesting. Um, did you experience any wild sea storms? 
Yeah, there's been some sea storms we've gone through. Um, even for a big, the biggest ship in the world, being in the middle of the ocean, you feel like a little tic tac. Yeah. <laughs> the the ocean is no joke. The power the power of the waves are no joke. The boat is swaying. Sometimes when I'm walking down the hallways, I'm damn near vertical on the wall or like on the wall. Like my hands my hands are up pressed up against the walls just to hold me, you know, Dang. upright. And the boat's swaying left and right. And when you're like working out, like sometimes I'm running on the treadmill. I almost fall off the treadmill because the boat's swaying. Mm. Dang. So, yeah. Um, there's been a couple nights where I've fallen out of my rack when the boat was swaying. <laughs> and, yeah. I'll, like, literally Whoa. falling out of my rack and fall on the floor and wake you up. It hurts. Oh, my goodness. That would be so painful. Yeah. Were the racks comfortable? No. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Did you just have, like, one pillow and a blanket? Yeah, one pillow and a blanket. And, like, it's about as soft as a carpet floor, the bed. Mm. Okay. <laughs> That that would be yeah. interesting after a while. And how, what was the longest amount of time you were out at sea for? The longest I was out to sea? Probably four months, four or five months. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, but no, nowhere, nowhere near most people. Some people yeah. were out to sea for eight, nine Your friends months. were just talking about how they were out there for 11 uh, months. 11 months sometimes, yeah. That's a whole year. Do you, and you don't have any communication with anybody when you're I there. no when they were out to deployment it was really hard to talk to them and because when they would like land in port they would be like in Bahrain or Dubai mm. and the time difference yeah. is so bad dang that's wild you but that's also it, pretty yeah. cool yeah because when they get back you tell the biggest party and it's just like it feels good to have your friends back yeah what would you say is the toughest thing you endured when you were in the navy the toughest thing I had to endure yeah Probably working with a lot of different type of people with a lot of different backgrounds and getting work trying to work as a team, mm-hmm. and because when you're out to sea for that long with some people, people get under under each other's skin, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and think about yeah. top of that with not getting the best food, probably not the best sleep, you know, missing not missing their friends or family. You never know. You never know how people are, what's going on in their personal lives. But yeah, other than that. The labor, probably. Okay. Just the labor of working. Yeah, like physical labor. Yeah, the physical labor. Yeah. But, like, that, you can get through that when you're working with good Would people. Would you say this was, like, your first, like, big job, essentially? No, I've had jobs. I started, you know, I've had jobs since I was 15 years old. This one, this was just an experience, you know? This was five years of uh, adventure. It's a, different, it's a different experience. What was your scariest moment? Did you have a scary moment? Did I have a scary moment? Did I have a scary moment? A couple. I've almost lost my finger one time. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. How? Uh, we were doing maintenance up on the flight deck, and the cab- the cables that the jet catches onto, um, there's like two pieces of cable. There's a ca- there's a cable on the flight deck, and then that connects to the cable that goes through the flight deck. You know. So basically, when you connect these two cables, there's like uh, they're the the ends are terminals, and when you put them together, they kind of go like a chain. Mm. They kind of go like that. Sorry. Can't yeah, really you guys it. can't see these. Can't really these, see it. <laughs> hand hands. gestures. Yeah. And then in between, once it goes in between, a pin goes through that. Okay. So one time there was a pin in there, and we were trying to get the pin out, and it wasn't coming out. And I was poking with my finger, and I finally got it out. But once I poked it out with my finger, because there's pressure or, or tension on those cables, the pin came out, and the the two things went like that, and my finger was still in there, and oh. it caught on my finger, and I was like, I didn't freak out, but I definitely felt the pinch getting tired and tired like it was gonna crush my finger yeah 
And then I, I had my two buddies next to me, like two guys that were working with me. I was like, guys, 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 my finger, my finger. And they're like, oh shit, oh shit. And they, with their little, with their strength, whatever, all their strength they had to push these two cables together so I can just slide my Ooh. fingers out. And as soon as I slid my fingers on, they're like, oh, the cable went like snap. Oh, he. So I was like, man, if, if they weren't there, because like they caught, they, it was really quick because like, it's, they were right there watching. Yeah, the they would have had to been super. Yeah, quick like the way. The way as soon as my finger went through, we all saw like it happened, and they caught on right away. Uh, you know, I wasn't stuck there for a good minute because if it was, it would have just took my finger. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, thank the Lord for that. Yeah. There's there's been times where I almost lost my legs, similar to something like that. And yeah. um, in terms of like feeling comfortable, was there any sense of comfort? Did you feel like, you know, you were gonna be okay even when it was hard? Yeah, by working by. You build a. You, this is the cool thing about the military is you build a bond and relationship with the people you are working with on the ship there. Yeah. And it's like their family. So like even though you're going through that suck, sometimes like sometimes it can like military is cool, but sometimes it can suck, you know. Yeah. But you're not going through that suck alone. You're going through it with your people. Yeah. So, and then they all understand like you're all doing it together. And after a long hard day of maintenance and work. You kind of bond over that, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially when you have to go through tough things and you guys see each other going through yeah. the tough things. You learn a lot about it, each other in that aspect. Yeah, I think, and like, it's not like like here, like if you're living with somebody, like, think about, think if you're mad, you can just leave mm-hmm. on the ship. You can't really just leave if you're in the middle of the ocean. You you're you're going to see it. that person every single yeah. hour of the day. And even just if you love. don't make up with them, you learn to work with them. Yeah, you're going to have to, yeah. What's your favorite memory? Of the Navy. Man, I have a lot. <laughs> um, one of my favorite memories. One of the coolest things I did go was to do a swim call. I don't know if it's my favorite memory, but one of the coolest things. What's I a did. swim call? A swim call. Uh, we were like by outside the port of Bahamas, and uh, they basically anchor the ship in the middle of the ocean, and they have these elevators where they raise from the hangar bay, which is like. In the middle of the ship to the flight deck, the very top okay. of the ship, these elevators where they uh, lift the, hel- the the jets. And when they lower the elevator to the lowest platform, that's just a little over three stories high. So everyone's in their swim trunks. They do a swim call. They lower the elevators. You put your swim trunks on, and you go to the edge of the platform, and you jump in the water. Jump over the oh, edge. Oh, that's fine. And it's just over three stories high, and it's a, it's a long jump into the Yeah. Lo- it's a long, long jump. Um, but it's really cool because it's like... The coolest thing is once you jump, it was a bright, bright, sunny day, and this is crystal, crystal clear waters, and right outside Bahamas, and yeah, I, I jumped, I beautiful. jumped, and I was like, holy crap! As I'm falling, I close my eyes first as I jump, and I'm opening my eyes because I'm like, whoa, this, I'm not in the water yet, and I, and then as soon as I realize that, I smack in the water, <laughs> and when I open, I close my eyes once I smacked, and then I open my eyes in the water because it's such a long fall, you you dive deep down into the water. Yeah, I open my eyes in the ocean. And I felt like what astronauts probably feel like in space. Like, I opened my eyes, and it's just nothing but vast blue. Like, I literally felt like the smallest thing on Earth. And I was like, whoa, the ocean is huge. I look down, I see my feet, and nothing but endless, endless, endless blue. I look up, and I'm I'm far enough where I look up, and you can see, like, the water line. Yeah. And I can see the sun ray poking through um, through the water. And as in, in front of me, you can see the sun rays going through, just uh, going the sun ray going deep into the ocean, and then just ending into nothing. Wow! And I'm just like, and then I I looked all around me. There's nothing around me, nothing around me. And I was like, okay, this is kind of scary, but <laughs> cool but scary. And then I started swimming up, and that's when I when I realized I swam up. I was like, whoa, dude, 
That was crazy. I felt like yeah. I, I felt like I dived into a different world. That would be a pretty freaking cool. Yeah, so that was a cool experience. And then they did, they had a ladder for you to get back. Yeah, down. you swim all the way to the back of the ship, and there was like a cluster of people floating there, waiting to climb up these uh buoyant ladders. Okay, that's fun. And then you could do it again, do it all over again. I would do that. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that'd be pretty dope. It was cool. Would you recommend others going into the Navy or the military in general? Yeah, of course. If if they don't have any idea of what they want to do. And they're just like, oh, I don't know, I don't really know what, but they know they have some potential, mm-hmm. and they don't, you know, want to go to college, or they don't have the funds or means to go to college somehow, but they still want to make something of themselves, yeah, I definitely recommend it, you know, it's, it's a good foundation, that's, that's like, there's most, like I said, there's multiple reasons why I joined, I joined because I wanted to travel, I joined because I didn't want to go to college, I didn't want my parents to pay for college, and I didn't want to pay for college, because I knew if also if I went, I probably wouldn't have paid attention. <laughs> you know i'm being yeah, honest yeah and then i knew i also knew joining the military is going to build discipline like i already knew this as a high schooler which is one of the core values of like the military which is and which is like why i joined because like i wanted it, i wanted these values instilled in me too yeah they you know the military offers discipline the military offers a foundation in your life if you don't really know what you want to do you know it's like a building blocks yeah um and you would say it set you up well for your life yeah. outside of the military. Yeah, it sets you up for leadership. And I'm definitely, you know, reaping the benefits now, you know. Yeah. Now that I'm out, I'm definitely seeing the fruit of it now. Yeah. And, I'm taking advantage of it. Yeah, and you now know what you do want to do with your life. So you're going to school and getting that paid yeah. for. Yeah, and like because of the military, I, I know all the skills I know now. The work ethic I have is, thank God, because the military... I mean, I'm sure my mom likes to beg that I've always had a hard work ethic. I'm sure I have, you know. But the military just really... Enforced that Enforced that for sure, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's a good it's a good thing to do, I think. And I recommend what it. would you say to those who are looking to join and when times are getting rough, if, you know, whatever branch they join, do you have any words of, like, encouragement or advice? No. No, I'm just kidding. Of course I do. <laughs> I was like, okay, Robert. <laughs> yeah, you know, if, if I say if you're thinking about it and you, you're just kind of like, oh, I don't know, go 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 talk to a recruiter and go check it out. Weigh out all your options, you know, check all the branches. And if you are in a tough spot and you don't know what to do, like I said, go talk to a recruiter, check out your options. You might like it. You might find something that's meant for you. And, you know, and it's not and it's not meant for everybody, but, like, if you try it, at least you can say, hey, I tried it. I'm proud of myself for trying it. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I encourage it. And would you ever go back? Would you do it again? Um, No, because I, not not because like I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't, it didn't do anything for me. It did a lot for me. I just knew my time was up. I knew there was a lot more to life than just living in the military life. And I wanted to see more of it. I just, something inside me said, I learned what I need to learn here. And now it's time to move on. Yeah. So that was one of the reasons why I left. And I'm definitely living life now. You know, there's a lot of life. California's beautiful. I travel a lot in the Navy. I'm traveling a lot here. There's a lot to life. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on Doing Well, Doing Swell. I'm doing sweller now. (laughs) 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 All right. Thanks for having me on. That was great. Yeah, this was fun. If you want to hit up Robert on Instagram, his Instagram is this is Robert Medina. I will put it in the description box of this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. I hope you learned a lot about the Navy, about my grandpa, about Robbie, and I hope you have a fantastic day today. Remember to be well and stay swell. I'm your host, Mallory Lovings. Peace. See you next week.